I'm sorry, it is the 10th month, the 22nd day of October 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020, ain't that a shame, um, so as we were leaving the radio show, Aaron and I were talking, and uh, she she misspoke and said we'll be on Back From The Drink, I think that's a great idea, we should do Back From The Drink podcast, it'll be like our weekend show, uh, where everybody, you know, has a has a cup of wine or every time you hear the you know, take a take a sip uh it'll be the drinking podcast because you know got to have some way of entertaining yourself during during uh covid and you know sure you can you could be a cup of coffee or uh or a sip of your diet cola or whatever you prefer it doesn't have to be a uh an adult beverage but uh anywho um Things going on in the world. The Dodgers lost Game Two of the World Series, so um, they are now in a uh, tie in the series. It's one game apiece. We'll see what happens. Joe Biden finally came out and gave a, a direct answer about packing the court. Um, I didn't understand. Like during his town hall, he was asked directly if he intended to pack the court, and his response had been. I'm not going to tell you until after they they nominate the Supreme, uh, the current Supreme Court uh, uh, justice who's being vetted because um, uh, they, he didn't want to somehow in his mind. He was like, I want to see how that goes before I make a decision or before I tell anybody what my decision is. And and now his answer is, is that he's going to create a panel of experts who will basically take 180 days the first 180 days of his presidency and they will then come back to him with recommendations how to as as to how to reform the court system because it's getting out of whack he wants to reform so he does want to reform the court system but he's going to put together a a bipartisan commission of scholars constitutional scholars democrat democrats republicans and liberal and conservatives and have those people then tell him Here's what we recommend. And, you know, I mean, the idea of having somebody recommend what to do or a group of people who are experts to recommend is is plaudible, um, you know, uh, laudable. It, it's the idea of, you know, hey, I don't have all the answers. That's what the experts are for. Let's talk to the experts. I can imagine that, a, and I, I use air quotes here saying bipartisan commission, uh, would end up not necessarily being as bipartisan as you like, and I imagine each camp of ideas would stake out turf, and then it would turn in, it could turn into a shouting match. Uh, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings um, over those 180 days, and I'm not quite sure they need 180 days to have that conversation. It seems to me that could be done much quicker than that, but. But it is, you know, hey, he, he's a government guy. He's been working in Washington his entire adult life. So, you know, 180 days probably spe- seems like light speed to uh, to those kinds of folks. Um, but, you know, imagine, you know, it's your house. If there's something that has to be debated or there's something you're not quite sure what to do or it's a difficult decision, and you and your spouse sit down to talk about it and say, okay, let's set a plan. We'll talk to everybody we know who has some information about this. We'll do some researching, and we'll, we'll – uh, give ourselves a deadline let's say 180 days nobody lives that way nobody gives 180 days that to me seems that seems out of whack 
Uh, but okay, you know. But I mean, if you're going to take 180 days to make up your mind and, and to pr- present to the president the, your your recommendations, you know, then how long is it going to take for him to actually take any action and get some some movement behind it uh, and to drum up support for it? Um, yeah, I I have my doubts, but oh well. The um, uh, makers of OxyContin, Purdue Pharma, have uh, agreed to a huge settlement and essentially shutting down their business because, you know, they created a, a nation of addicts by spreading misinformation about the the severity of and the and the possibility of opiate addiction, uh, as if there was some magically packaged reason that their opiates were not going to be as addictive as opiates have been for, you know, the entirety of history. Uh, and, you know, we, we went through a horrible period of time, and there's still people going through this horrible period of time where, where we created a bunch of addicts, and, and it is not an easy thing to, to get away from. So uh, they get what they deserve. Here's Aaron. Hey there, welcome to Back from the Drink. <laughs> Lift your cup. You know, that's, that's perfect, that's perfect uh, for Friday. It is, yeah. That would be a, a perfect Friday, except it's Thursday. You're, you're a day early. I know. <laughs> yeah, wishful drinking, right? Ar, ar, ar. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't read it, go read it now. Yeah, um, exactly. It's entertaining. It, it is. I, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's funny. That would actually be a fun podcast, you know, and you don't have to have, you know, um, adult beverages. Anybody can sip whatever they want, but we could, uh, you know, back from the drink and have a fun conversation every time somebody says something or we just pick a, a word of the day. And every time that word comes up, I ding the bell and you take a sip. Um, <laughs> it could be fun. That could be fun. There's a that. podcast that would be huge on college campuses, right? <laughs> we just got to talk about things that are important to them, like, you know, Top 40 Radio and what the Kardashians are doing this week. Oh, uh, hey, they're going to be off the air soon. Yeah, I know. And and I, I joke about that. It's like I'm sure that most college students think that most of the Kardashians are old people. And why on That's earth true. would they follow? I mean, was Kim Kardashian just turned 40. Um, she's wow. ancient. You know, well, she's, but the younger, the younger kids, the yeah, the, kids are, yeah, are, yeah. So that wouldn't be right? so. So that's not keeping up with the Kardashians. That'll be you know jiving with the Jenners. <laughs> it's true. Really? Kim I would is be forty. I would I be. Guess st- it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was just in the news yesterday that that her husband was wishing her uh, a happy fortieth. Dang. Old folks. Yeesh. Imagine that. It's only a you know our culture is so obsessed with youth. Only only a youth obsessed culture would think forty is old. Yeah, yeah. And all, I know that's our culture, but only all them youths obsessed obsessed culture would be would think forty is old. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I think way back when I was forty, and uh, it was like, yeah, I don't know, I was so embroiled in the day-to-day at that point in my life, you know, the, the work and the job, and, and, and yes. um, I didn't have time to, you know, try to provide for my family. I didn't have time to even think about, you know, am I old, am I young, am I what? You know, I was just busy. <laughs> That's what I was. Yes, yes, you know? putting food on the table and a roof over your head. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, that's yeah. when I was, you know, 
deep in it, raising family and, and paying, paying mortgage and, you know, doing all that fun stuff. Um, you know, with the hindsight of my age, I can look back at those times and say I should have slowed down a bit. And became Irish, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, you know, Lucky migrate to Irish, not real Irish. migrate to Ireland and have them all look at me like, "What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, what is your problem?" <laughs> yeah, you sound funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, that's much. That's on my bucket list. Tobin and I were talking about because our thirtieth anniversary is in three years, right? So. What mm-hmm. big trip are we going to take in three years? You know, and I we wanted to go this summer to Ireland, but obviously that didn't happen. And um, uh, uh, so I think maybe in for our big anniversary we'll go to we'll go to Ireland. <sighs> yeah, well, Ireland you know, we Scotland. we as uh, as couples have talked about Ireland, Scotland as a trip as well. Um, it's one of the things yes, well, that I would go with us. I would like okay. to do. Um, uh, and we've talked about it. We just need to, you know, like get it planned it and, and start making payments on it so that by the time we get there and ready to go, it's it's not going to break the bank. Yes. You know, make yes. that so commitment. You want to go and not worry. Yeah. Well, and you got to make that commitment and start making it happen. Otherwise, you yep. know, 10 years from now, we'll be going, looking back at it going, yeah, I'm still planning on doing that someday. <laughs> and I'll be even older and more Irish sounding. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to go to the Outer Hebrides in in Scotland, um, and I want to. I just. I want to see it all. I just. I want to see it all. Orkney. I want to go to Orkney. Orkney. Cool. That's an island. Isn't Orkney an island? It is Orkney Island. That's where um, uh, uh, Highland Park uh, Scotch is 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 created in on the island of Orkney. Cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. So what's going on in the world besides the uh, debates tonight? And bad football. Um, and bad yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know, I was I was joking about how bad they are. Get this. The Dallas Cowboys are winning the NFC East division right now with a record of two and four. Oh, my gosh. And they are how ahead. How is that possible? How can you always lose? They have a winning percentage of .33. And oh they, <laughs> yeah, and they're winning the division. That means there's three teams that are worse than them in their division. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, they're just terrible. Now you assume that they're that they're going to have to start playing each other, so their winning percentage is going to go up because in the in a season you play the people in your division twice. So, I mean, if they're all kind of equally bad, they'll split those wins and still be nowhere. But you know, if. Um, <laughs> If somebody is able to rise up above and say, hey, we're better than the other really crappy teams that we're bundled up here with, then they can, you know, win the division with a terrifyingly bad record. I just, you know, I think about Dallas and what a powerhouse they used to be, and they just can't seem to get their act together. Yeah, they can't get out of their own way to to go forward. And it's, they're starting to show cracks, too. There were several um, team members who who uh, put out tweets uh, 
saying that or, or had made some off the record comments because they don't want their names attached to it, but to some reporters saying that the coaches don't seem to understand what they're doing. They turned over their coaching staff, so they've got new coaches, that they don't make good adjustments during the game, that they don't, they're not teaching the team good, um, uh, you know, uh, they're not teaching the team well, and, uh, and they, they seem sort of lost. And so, right from the top, they're already, you know, when you've got players already criticizing the coaches you there that's not that's not a good locker room that's that's not safe that's not uh i wouldn't be surprised if they end up dumping their coach and he um you know that said jerry jones their owner seems to be pretty um pretty loyal guy when he makes a decision to hire somebody he sticks with them and sees it through so um, knowing that, I would say he's more likely to just, you know, stay with it at least through the end of the year. But Mike McCarthy, their coach, was a former Green Bay coach, and he got fired midseason in Green Bay uh, a year and a half ago because he was what everybody was – the way they described it was he was old school, that he was not adjusting to the way games are played in the NFL now and that they didn't have a dynamic enough offense to be competitive anymore. And – you know, one year removed from his replacement, who took them all the way to the NFC Championship game, one one win away from being in the Super Bowl, and having one of the best records this year tells you with with essentially the same personnel tells you they were right. Yeah. So why did so, Dallas hire him? Well, if you listen to some of the pundits on ESPN, they hired him because uh, Jerry Jones is an egomaniac and won't hire anybody that won't basically cow down to what he tells them to do so that he can then take credit for anything that good that happens. And so the last time he had a good coach back when they were a powerhouse, that coach got a lot of credit for how well things went and Jerry and didn't like fired. somebody else. Yeah. Somebody, Jerry didn't like somebody else getting all the limelight. And so they, so they fired him and, you know, and that was back when Troy Aikman was playing and, and, yeah, and Johnson. they were best in, yeah. You know, Jimmy Johnson had them basically the best in the country, and they had one more great season after that with Barry Switzer, who basically inherited Jimmy Johnson's team, and then it quickly fell apart from there. So, um, wow. Yeah. Jerry Jones, you're losing. <laughs> yeah. But he seems to be convinced that he knows what he's doing and that he and his son know how to run a team. They act as the general manager, so they don't have a general manager. And some people have said that that's the first thing they should do is hire a professional general manager who knows what they're doing, that they are doing an adequate job, but that means that they have an adequate team. It's not a winning team. Well, oh. They've certainly put together a package... A package of, of of talented people, but and and you certainly and you can't blame anybody for, you know, two of their offensive linemen. One time at one time, the best offensive line in football are out on injured reserve, and their starting quarterback is out on injured reserve. So you got to give them a little bit of a break there too. But but yeah. let me ask you something, and this is I really genuinely want to know. I don't. I'm not. This is not a gotcha loaded question. If you have your best players being injured, um you know, close to one another. I mean, this, you know, early in the season, um, is it, is it a coaching problem? Is it just fate? Is it just, what is it? Well, I mean, I think it's probably a combination of a lot of things. You would say part of it is just 
you know, bad luck. I mean, people get injured. It's a it's a brutal sport. People get injured. Um, you can also point to the training staff and say, were these people conditioned properly? There was no preseason this year because of COVID. And were these people prepared and ready to play? Part of that would come on them because they had to do a lot of it themselves since there wasn't a lot of teamwork prior to the um, uh, beginning of the season like there normally is. Um, so that's a concern. Um, you could also say that part of it might have been that, you know, and, and I don't know how they were injured and when they were injured. So it's, you know, it, I don't know the specifics, but, you know, you could say that if the coaches weren't scheming properly, they put people in positions where they were maybe um, uh, more likely to get, you know, hit on hit from the side or something where you might be more likely to be injured in the knee or things like that. Um, you know, but I mean, I watched the the horrific break that Dak Prescott had and he was just running and made it planted a foot to make a cut and the foot gave out that's not that's not a coach that's not that's not a trainer that's that's bad luck you know um and you feel awful about it but yeah and so you know part of you says you can't hold the coaching staff accountable when those kind of things happen but the flip side is is your team is you know you every season you've got to be ready to deal with injuries and things like that this year maybe a little bit more so than others how do you react and how do you how do you respond to that has a lot to do with how successful your team can be yes and how how ready yeah how ready how well trained are your backups you know yeah especially quarterback yeah yeah some of those key positions right well and when you've got you know half of your offensive line is out injured too those are the people who protect the quarterback. It becomes significantly harder for a quarterback to be successful when, when the defense is like you know draped over their back. It's true. <laughs> you know, ask ask uh, Aaron Rodgers, who basically got completely swamped against Tampa Bay this last week. I think he was hurried ten times and sacked four times and knocked oh to gosh. the ground eight times. It's like in that one game, he he met the dirt more than he did the entire you know five games or four games before that combined. Um, you know, and unfortunately, one of one of his primary offensive linemen, uh, his his uh, blindside uh, tackle, I think it was not the guard, uh, got injured and was wasn't is now out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. So, you know that that people think those linemen, you know, oh yeah, those just big big lummox. Some of them are better at it than others, and you you know yeah. if you, if you lose the guy who's really good at it, uh, that hurts your quarterback and hurts your offense in ways that are profound. Yes. Oh, it is a beautiful foggy morning, Todd. It's beautiful foggy morning. I like foggy mornings. I mean, it's not great to have to go out and drive in it, but I like foggy mornings. Yeah, David Bakhtiari, by the way, is the Green Bay who. Uh, got injured and we don't know if he's going to be able to play on Sunday against Houston the Houston team so sorry that was my I just unbuckled my seatbelt for the people who are not used to listening to this podcast um uh I drive home I travel I drive home for my uh the radio station KCAA where we broadcast from 6 to 7 a.m pacific time Monday through Friday and uh, uh, Todd is in his studio in his shack out back, and uh, yeah. So now I'm I'm sitting in my driveway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonder we're not like humming on the road again every morning. Uh, I know, right? Maybe that should be our theme song. <laughs> yeah, you go get the rights for us, and we'll play it. In the meantime, we'll just uh, we'll play what we play. So 
yeah, the little um, uh, play in and play out music was was uh, composed, recorded, and 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 written by moi. So it is what it is because because we have f- full rights to that music. Yeah. Uh, so. Music is expensive, folks. It is, it is, and we're not going to steal somebody's music because we respect the artists and the work that they put in. Um, and th- and there is some, yeah, that too, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and more than anything else, uh, <laughs> yeah, they um, they do. Uh, there is common, uh, you know, uh, oh, what's the I can't, blanket on the term now? It's uh, licensing. There's there's. Uh, there is basically royalty free licensing and royalty free music that you can use, um, you know. And I could have dug around and done that, but I decided to, you know, just create my own. So that's cool. It is what it is. So anybody who listens at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show, that that uh, noise that comes in—that's that's me. You can blame me. So. Mm. so- you know, Joe Biden apparently has, you know, he's been asked over and over again about what he's going to do about court packing. And mm-hmm. the only acceptable answer, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, the the, yeah, no. the, the court has, yeah, the court has nine justices. That's that's how it works. We're going to keep it at nine justices. Mm-hmm. But now he is, but he, of course, won't say that. He is, um, and I'm sure, I hope they, I'm not, I'm sure, but I hope they ask him about that tonight. He says yeah. he, he will put up a put together a bipartisan commission of scholars, uh, constitutional scholars, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, liberal conservative, and will ask them. Yeah, to it's going to give them 180 days, days though. Yes, to like, come to come can, to yes to come back with recommendations on yeah. how to report the court system. No, you can't do that. Don't how is how that. is that? I mean, but also like 180 days is that not the epitome of somebody who's been in in Washington political life their entire adult life? Yes. 180 days. Who needs 180 days? You can you can sit down and have that conversation, you know, in an afternoon and say, okay, here's our recommendations. You know, we well, could do that I, in I, one. I mean, I you know, fine. Have them sit down and have the conversation. The recommendation should be, don't screw with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, that said, we we tend to treat our institutions as if they've been like that forever. Our our um, uh, Supreme Court has had different number of justices on it for the first you know uh, uh, hundred years of our existence. It changed around, and it had to do with the um, originally the plan was is that each uh, each federal district would have a judge that that would travel around during the year in that district and then come back and sit on the Supreme Court throughout the year. And as we have expanded the size and complexity of our legal system in this country, um, they quit doing that. And we now actually have 10 different districts. So a case could be made that we should have then 10 judges because we have 10 districts if we were going to stick by the original plan. And originalists on the court might even agree to that because that was sort of the original way it was set up. But, uh, but The problem is, is that you know the, the, the Democrats, like Kamala Harris has a position where she wants to eliminate the electoral college and they want to get rid of the filibuster. And it's like, well, I'm not winning or I don't get things exactly the way I want them. So I want to change the rules. And that's what this feels like. And that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Well, and, and, and look at this, the short sightedness and stupidity of it. I mean, the Democrats got rid of the filibuster over um, uh, court appointments because yes. it was being used in a way that they didn't like. And now they have no means of, of, trying to block Amy Comey Barrett's um, uh, nomination at all because they took away that tool. 
they took it away. And so now they're making they're they're lying in the bed that they made and, and whining and complaining about it loudly as if, you know, it wasn't something that they a situation that they created themselves. So you've got to, you know, think long term. Short term thinking is not the way to run a government. No. Uh, and you can't changing the rules because you don't you know, you don't like the outcome. Yeah, of a current um, you know, situation. Of a current situation. Right. And the reality is, is that that America, the United States has never been, you know, we, we go through cycles where people tend to vote more Republican than people tend to vote more Democrat. And that's been the way for quite a long time. And yeah. so, you know, nothing, it's not going to be that, that there's a Republican president forever. And it's not going to be where there's a Democrat president forever unless you monkey with the system, jerry-rig the system so that um, that you always win. And then it's no longer a constitutional republic. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know, realistically, I mean, we've been in a, in a phase in the last, you know, decade or so, uh, two decades, really, where we're really, really close. Like, it's, it's, it's sort of in the middle. It hasn't, the pendulum is not swinging either way. It's sort of sitting in the middle right now. And so there's a lot of people who support one side and a lot of people who support the other side and the rhetoric coming from both sides has been really nasty for a while. Yes. Um, not that, not the politics has ever been, you know, friendly, hug it out, but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I think the, the tenor has, has turned a lot of people off to politics. Um, and it's taken the, the true believers. Now there's always been, you know, people who are, more fanatical than others but mm -hmm. they're using it's almost religious language about their candidate versus the other candidate yeah you know this this battle between good versus evil to uh you know that if you vote yeah. for the other guy then you're evil and you know basically that you're the devil yeah they're like stealing lines out of tolkien or out of game of thrones yes. you know where it's like it's yes. it's the the fight against darkness you know <laughs> like what exactly <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah, you know, and, it's, and they need to be reminded that that Daenerys Targaryen died at the end, or was killed at the end after she slaughtered everybody, and Cersei Lannister lost everything in her pursuit of power. She lost her children, she lost her kingdom, she lost everything. Her mind. So, her mind. Oh yeah, that went first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, we, you talk about Game of Thrones, or I guess I mentioned it first, but the um, uh, a while back I was listening to a podcast by uh, some tech people, and they were giving one of the three guys on the tech on the podcast, uh, uh, Accidental Tech Podcast, shout out to get you guys. Um, they um, were giving one of the, the three guys a hard time because they said, you know, what do you have your hard drive named? Because the default on on an Apple computer is Mac OS. And yeah. one of the things that historically Macs have been able to do, I mean, even back in the old Mac OS seven days and the one piece, you know, Mac that looked like a giant shoebox with a little, little, uh, nine inch screen on it. I mean, the very earliest Macs, um, you could go and change the name there. You can call it whatever you want, Bob's computer or, you know, and, uh, and you, when you name your computer, you, you for for the internet, you can also give it a name. And a lot of people, you know, especially from the PC world, you know, your your drive numbers were literally, you know, drive A, drive B, drive C. Most people's hard drive was drive C, you know, in in Mac or in DOS and Windows. And Macs, you could give them real names. And it occurred to me that I had never gone and named any of my stuff, so I went and changed all the names on my stuff. 
Uh, so my uh, desktop computers all have female names from Game of Thrones. I am now working on Arya. And, That's awesome. Uh, and all of my laptops have male names from Game of Thrones. So my main laptop is Tyrion. Oh, because he's your favorite uh, yeah. character? Yeah, I kind of picked my two favorite characters, male he and female. He knows things. Yes, I actually have a t-shirt that says, uh, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. But, you know, and so, and then and then you can very easily change the icons for things, too. You can make your own icons. You don't have to use the default ones just by doing a, uh, a, a control click or a right click on it and then dragging a new icon right over the icon that exists in the little get info box that pops up. And, uh, and so I changed the, uh, the icons. I have like little shields with the family crests from each of the families. And so, you know, like, uh, Arya's has the head of a wolf on it. And, and, uh, and, and so I have, you know, the Lannister family and the, and the Stark family banners on my computers. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so you like it, you know, if you go on, if you. Yeah, you go online and you look at what's attached to the network and you'll see Arya is attached and Tyrion is attached. and It's just it's so much more fun. A little bit of joy, a little sparkle in your eye with your computers, that, that little bit of whimsy. Uh, That's awesome. You know, that, uh, that Apple could bring to technology that uh, sometimes I think gets lost, you know, in the, in the rough and tough tangle world of, of tech. That there should be a little bit of whimsy. So... Do you remember that show in the 70s? I think it was called That's Incredible. That's Incredible. Yeah. Do you remember? Okay, so they like they show they had like That know, was the 70s? Were, it was the 70s, wasn't it? Wow. It was the 70s. Yeah, yeah probably. And so and they had people on there that were like people who said that they could bend spoons with their mind and they could, you know, It was 80 to 84. Was it really? I thought it was earlier than that. I just looked it up on IMDb. Kathy Lee Crosby, John Davidson, Fran Tarkington, and Alicia Witt were hosts. Okay. okay. Well, so all right. So it's eighty. Anyway, back to the Whatever. back to the story. Yeah. So yeah. The Benny. Yeah. There a lot of goofy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like crazy stuff. And and I mean, I watched it because it was interesting. So um, uh, I remember there was a guy who went and debunked uh, a lot of that, like this, especially like the spoon. The people who said they could bend the spoons and yeah. they could Randy. You know, do telekinesis and all of that. James Randy was his name. Yeah. And he just passed away. Aww. Uh, he was the country's foremost skeptic. He was 92. So he had a, he had a good long life. The James Randy Educational Foundation uh, said simply that its founders succumbed to age-related causes on Tuesday. Um, entertainer, genius, debunker, atheist, Randy was them, was them all. Um, he began gaining attention not long after dropping out of high school to join a carnival. Um, as the ama- amazing Randy, he escaped from a locked coffin submerged in water, and from a straitjacket, he dangled over Niagara Falls. Yikes. Uh, magical as his feet seemed, Randy conducted concluded shows around the globe with a simple statement insisting no otherworldly powers were at play. Everything you have seen here is tricks. There is nothing supernatural involved. And so then he made it his his career, his life's work, um, mm-hmm. to, um, uh, go after. Yeah. Debunk the, the charlatans. Yes. So, um, in 1972 on an episode of the tonight show, he helped Johnny Carson set up, uh, Yuri Geller, the Israeli performer who claimed to bend spoons with his mind. 
And I remember there were lots of people who said they could do this. I, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Randy ensured the spoons and other props were kept from Geller's hands until showtime to prevent any tampering. The result was in an agonizing 22 minutes in which Geller was unable to perform any tricks. Um, so the James, Ra- the James Randy Educational Foundation promised a million-dollar prize to anyone who could prove their own supernatural powers, and no one ever came close to collecting. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of went down the road that Houdini did it. You know, as, as he was a, a magician and an entertainer, entertainer initially, and then he saw these people using magicians' tricks to... to con people essentially and he went that's wrong you know it's one thing to do it for fun and everybody knows it's for fun but if you're doing it and trying to and, and you're preying on people's you know desperation or innocence that's no bueno and so he yeah. he started fighting it and saying no i will expose you i will show you how how you're uh you know i'll show everybody how this is done and that you're basically a fake and so yeah. that's what he spent his life doing and uh and and he would do it in a very kind and entertaining way still, you know? I mean, he was not particularly kind to those he thought were preying on innocence, but he was but he was uh entertaining in doing that. You know? So ev- evidently he went after quacks too. Yeah. Um so, you know, people who were, you know, homeopaths and we've seen, you know, people who say that essential oils can cure everything from scabies to cancer. Um and which is of course not true (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's yeah there's a bunch of pseudoscience that was uh that he he referred to pseudoscience uh as immoral and irrational and and uh you know that that really irritated him that people would take these this you know hocus pocus mumbo jumbo and somehow in their minds turn it into a belief system that he he would just attack it and say look that's not you know that's not real <laughs> yeah that doesn't work you know like the the idea that that um uh some of the homeopathic medicines are things that you know when they put the little numbers on the back with a colon that is like diluted that's the dilution amounts and and some of these things are water diluted with with you know one one hundred thousandth of a percent of whatever it is that they said they put in there and he says that's essentially nothing it's water you know, and yep. and would try to explain that to people and convince that to people, and he was good, excuse me, good at doing the explanation. You know, it strikes me that we talk about the snake oil salesman of of yesteryear, and that gosh, you know, think I'm not so stupid that I would I would believe a snake oil salesman. But no, 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 human nature is still what it is. People believe snake oil salesmen all the time. <laughs> yeah, Penn and Teller do similar things. They they yes. they do similar types of things. They still do more of the they they still they're they're more of uh, they they take it from more of the entertainers entertain as an entertainer. You know they mm-hmm. they they're still magicians that sort of like you know reveal sort of parts of what's going on. In fact, their shtick is we're going to show you what happened here, and then they'll show you what happened, and then in showing you what happened, they will do something else that you know is another trick. But yes. they admit that all of it's tricks, and that's what they're doing. And but they. Uh, um, you know, and, but they've done some shows and things where they, uh, in fact, they were big fans of Randy and actually had him on as guests on their shows and stuff. Uh, but they, they are skeptics as well. And, oh, I love uh, it. and they're skeptics about everything. Oh, they are. Yeah. 
I, I, I think they're brilliant. They really yeah, are. I, I agree. And I think that, you know, they, they have picked up the mantle of Randy for sure. Uh, yeah. Who clearly lived a, a good long life, you know? Um, so sorry to hear that he's gone, but, uh, but he will be remembered. The amazing Randy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a California appeals court, uh, has ordered, uh, state corrections officials to cut the population at San Quentin by half. By, by half. just saying goodbye? Yeah, I don't know. San Quentin is filled with, it's because of COVID. Um, Treat them like somebody who aged out of the, of the, um, the foster care system and just say, okay, you're done. <laughs> God, yeah, let's let those murderers and rapists and gang members and drug runners and all those people out. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So the court cited officials, quote, deliberate indifference to what is happening with all the, the COVID infections. Um, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm just horrified that they say um, yeah. that, 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 they, that we need to cut the population. Yeah, cut the population because we don't like the number. That doesn't make sense. But by the same token, I think that we should, I mean, if you want to affect the real change there, um, they should require that anybody who was convicted on the basis of, of um, uh, scientific evidence that has not yet been genetically tested should be required to go back and retest that evidence to find out. Because now that we have genetic testing, we can go back and do that. I know there's some 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 nonprofits that are out going and doing that and paying for it on their own. Um, yes, but, I think the and, Innocence and, Project does that work. Yeah. And and I think that that should just be a law. The government should be required to do it and start working their way through everybody. And if you've got if there is genetic evidence showing you didn't do it, then they should let those people out, because that's that's a, a travesty that in a, in, a, in a free country that we've got. Now, and I don't think it's a, a huge number of people because most people when they were convicted weren't convicted solely on that. But there are people I have no doubt, and the Innocence Project has has shown that. Um, by the same token, they've also. You know, and they don't talk about it because it's not as not the point they're trying to make. There's people who they've confirmed really did do it. Um, uh, you know, uh, but we should know. You know, we should know for sure. I agree. And and it's it's sad. That, and and I'll I'll go further. In states that have legalized uh, uh, marijuana, anybody who's in on a marijuana use, not a trafficking or you know, but just a marijuana use, that they should be let out. I agree. You know, the law has changed. The society has changed. Let them go, you know, and that is so if you're going to use those kinds of criteria to get to drop the number of people in, in prisons, you should go ahead, do it. But, yeah, you don't just say, well, they said we got to cut it by 30 percent. Some random number somebody picked somewhere. Fine. You three go. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Yes. And, and are they going to rehouse them somewhere else? Yeah. Are they going to, you know, let them out? And I think that the inclination of our state government is to let them out because um, it saves money. Um, yeah. But that that just that just scares me. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I you know it's it's when you when you take somebody and just dump them back into the same situation that caused them to to behave in in antisocial fashion to begin with they're going to revert back to that because they really don't have a choice. You didn't give them any options, you know, yeah. and letting a bunch of people who, who made some, I mean, yes, there's probably some innocent people, but there's also people who have made bad choices and done bad things out in the middle of a, 
uh, uh, a pandemic where there's, you know, things are locked down and jobs are not, uh, of, a lot of jobs are not available and the economy is, you know, at a standstill. What, what do you think is going to happen? Yep. What do you think is going to happen? So have you heard about this um, Karen Act? Um, it's a, it's a, they're in San Francisco. Apparently they're trying to ban what they call discriminatory 911 calls. And they're calling it the, the Karen Act. Discriminatory 911 so, calls? Yes. Yeah. And Explain. So, um, uh, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, um, and this is according to the Daily Wire, voted unanimously on Tuesday to pass legislation that would allow the target of a racially motivated or otherwise discriminatory 911 call to sue the person who made it. So, you know, if you are, you're African-American, you're a salesman, you're sitting under a tree, just parked somewhere because you're on your way to the next place. And somebody sees you sitting in your car and calls the cops because they think you're suspicious, then that is what they're calling. That would be a, that would fall under the, the Karen. Ah, like that, that woman who, who called 911 on the black man who was bird watching in New York city and she went yes. ballistic and okay. Yes. Okay. So I get it. Um, it's the, it's, it's called, it's Karen, but it's caution against racial and exploitative non-emergencies act. Um, mm. And so it would make it unlawful to cause a police officer to contact a person with the specific intent to discriminate that per- against that person or otherwise refer- infringe on that person's rights or cause the person's speci- uh, specified harms on the basis of that person's race, color, ancestry, national origin, place of birth, age, sex, religion, creed, disability, and sexual orientation, uh, gender identity, weight, or height. Or height. So, a tall person is after me. A tall person is after yeah, me. I'm like, okay. And now yeah. you will burn in hell. <laughs> um yeah i that was a funny one height you know i there's already laws on the books about calling 911 frivolously yes i think those are probably sufficient i think this is an overreach of our of our statutory uh uh regulations personally. i'm just sitting here of all the problems it's thinking of all the problems in san francisco homelessness public defecation um, you know, needles on the sidewalks, graffiti, yeah. um, all the, the things that, that are that are actual <laughs> problems in San Francisco. Is this one really a problem yeah. in San Francisco? Yeah, of all the dumb people in all the gin joints in the world, you stumbled into my life and had to put this law up. Yeah, yeah, it, right, I, it, exactly. Yeah, it just, yeah, I exactly. There's not better things to occupy their time. I guess they're, they're <laughs> locked down and they're bored, so they, their minds are wandering. Idle mind is the devil's workshop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, it's funny because um, I know you did yours a while ago, but yesterday I sat down and, and decided to vote and mark my ballot and get it all ready, and we'll um, uh, go drop them off today. But uh, I did it. You know, my wife and I usually sit down and do it together, and we talk about each of the different issues. And this year, um, it's not the first time, but it, we, my. Uh, um, California daughter was with uh, on online and we talked with her you know because we went through all the California propositions uh, my younger daughter's not in this state so California propositions have no meaning to her but we sat down and we talked about them each one of them as we voted and and, and did our voting and I, it was funny because as, as, as I'm doing this I sort of realized that I had come to a conclusion that was sort of me being judgy through this but it was essentially this 
any proposition that proposed any kind of tax or bond issue or anything that would in any way negatively affect our economy, regardless of what the issue was, I voted no for it because I don't want it to happen now. Yeah. Now is not the time to be doing anything yeah. like that at all, in my in my humble opinion. It yeah. was funny because I didn't consciously set out to do that. But then as I was going through the process, I kind of went, oh, OK, I see what yeah. I'm doing here. <laughs> I, I, you know, why are we doing this now? Bring it up next year or the year after when we we're sort of back to a little bit more normal economy. But during a covid economy, this is not the time to be you know, increasing any kind of taxes to be taking on any kind of debt. This is just a bad time to be doing this stuff. You know, things are tough enough as it is. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. And why are we passing bonds? You know, we kind of talked about this before, but you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, at plummeting um, tax revenues in the state and we, this, and, and raising taxes in the state again, every single time, there is a ballot measure or there's an election rather there's a yeah. ballot measure on the on the ballot to raise taxes somewhere and so yeah. it's like why are we passing bonds no we're not going to borrow any more money because we're already in debt yeah well and they're always they're always trying to to pass it off as well like you know this won't affect most people because it's not directly taxing you we're going to tax you know change the property taxes for business i think wasn't that 15 is the one that's doing yes. that and it's like how does that not affect me? Does not my grocery store sit on property? You know? Yeah. And yes. and they're going to have to pay higher taxes. How are they going to get the money to do that? Charge me more for my milk and eggs or, or you know, insert whatever you eat. I, my Pop-Tarts cost enough as it is, dang it. Um, <laughs> you know? It's, well, yeah. I'm going to be a carry and tell you shouldn't be eating Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> Mind your own business, man. That's exactly. I'll get my COVID-20 my way. You get your COVID-20 your way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Have a Pop-Tart. Or not. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, We will be back tomorrow following our morning radio show on KCAA. This is Back from the Brink, and I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.